Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Rachel Young, a true crime goddess, Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. For Mother's Day, all of the book girls received inappropriate adult coloring books. So if you want to check out what we received, go to threebookgirls.com and Keith will put links on there in case you need your own and you do need your own. Yes, you do. Everyone mm-hmm. needs an inappropriate adult coloring book. I did not get an inappropriate, an inappropriate coloring book. book. I got a fandom coloring book. Yes, we decided that we, we <laughs> haze Megan way too much we do. when it we comes do. to uh, members only. <laughs> 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 I just got that. <laughs> There's so many ways that can go. So many. I was like, members only. Oh. Megan's not a member <laughs> of that little club. So Mainly she, because she doesn't want to. Uh, she got a fandom book. I got a fandom book. We got her criminal minds coloring book instead. We like to haze her, but we also want her to be happy. <laughs> so. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and I am always happy when Spencer Reed and, and crew are in my presence. And she can, and she, she can, can always draw. draw them on. Uh, yeah, she, they, yeah, you can attach them. <laughs> Deta- I can tell them that I can the Bonnie can color one of her her can, bookmarks and we <gasps> can put it that's in a great coloring idea. book. Yes, we could cut what? out Spencer. Bonnie's Reed. got Bonnie in the very back of, of Bonnie's coloring book. There is a cutout page that, and they're called dick marks. So we could take <laughs> one of, of those and just paste it into <laughs> Megan's book. That way it'll be easier to hide from her nosy mother. My mom's not nosy. She just gets bored and goes and cleans things. If she's bored, she can come clean my stuff. I have boxes to unpack. That's what we say. Contact paper to put down. But how creepy would that be if your friend's mother shows up at your house and starts putting your shit away? <laughs> right? right? No, I love my mom. I was mom. just bored. My mom is the best. We're not dissing your mom. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, okay, well, tell you what, I'm going to go out here. Here with the dog basically you yourself megan basically i am your mom <laughs> because i'm like that with my son so i totally get it <laughs> speaking could of could have been my child could have i been. am yes. your mother could have been my child if i had had a if i had been married and had a child right out of high school megan would be my child yeah mm. that's yep. how old i am God damn. And my son was telling mom stories on the radio today. <laughs> yes. It's he always he had, nice. Yeah, he had his very own oh, show no. on the radio called Just the Tip. Is that oh, not my oh, son my. or not? <laughs> yes. It's a sports show on, on WWLS, the sports animal. And he's got what his... What does Just the Tip mean about sports? Well, his name on the morning show is Q-Tip. Yeah, his call name is Q-Tip. And they do that because of his... His very curly hair. But he has a he has curly curly hair. Very, very, very curly hair. And very, very thick curly. So they've been calling him Q tip since the beginning, and now that he's got his own show, it's called Just Just the the Tip. tip. (laughs) 
Yep. And this is like his second show, and he was on today. And so Vani said, hey, can we turn on the radio? So we turn on the radio, and he's telling stories about his mom. <laughs> and it's a call-in show. And I'm like, dude, call in. <laughs> so I called in. So we're all like, Martha and I are huddled in the living room around the radio as low as possible so Vani doesn't get feedback on the phone. <laughs> She's in the other room talking to him on the radio. I called him that and makes said, me this so is so happy. I said, this is mama tip. <laughs> <laughs> And she hangs up and she's like shaking from being live on the radio. I know, like, like I don't do a podcast every week. But that's different. This kid, you got like edit space. It's not true, like true, on true, the radio true. where it's like whatever is about to be said is going out there. You can't unsay it when you're live on I the think radio. I, I did all right. You did I great. Didn't, I didn't swear. Yeah. No, you did great. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, you could. It was disorienting hearing like Vonnie talking and then like the delay of the radio. Yeah, there's yeah. a seven second delay. Yeah. So, so it, if I did swear, they could bleep me out. Well, the, it, they have they have a dump. It's called a dump button, where if a caller or somebody accidentally nuts. uses the f word, you hit the dump. Oh. You hit the dump button because if you don't, it's you a ten thousand dollar fine from the FCC. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it was fun. That's how your um, your government pays for lots of stuff. They just turn on the Howard Stern show and go ka-ching! Yeah, serious, dude. That show's gonna be done. Well, but he's on satellite now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, now. so he can say whatever. Yeah, he wants. but he in the beginning, used to be... he was getting fined all the time. I can imagine. I can imagine, dude. Yeah. Jeez, imagine what it would be like if this show got fined ten thousand dollars every time I said well, fuck. We'd be very careful about what we said. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're not. Sure. So there. But we are not governed by the FCC, so fuck, 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 Let's not forget, not to change the subject away from the F word, but um, we do have a fun upcoming opportunity to meet with your fellow book girls, and yes. that is in August in Denver. Woo! And we're all getting so excited about it. It's hard because the pandemic is sort of making it difficult for us to get a venue set for sure. Right. Because Denver is still closed down until July. Like, you know, we had our ours expired April 30th. Well, theirs goes until July. So Mm. it's it's not I won't know anything until I'm hoping June. I'm hoping that I can get a hold of people in June and they can tell me whether or not. But. And even though it's three months in advance, they won't schedule it until they know for sure. So, well, I mean, because what what if they schedule it and then have to cancel everything? I mean, it makes sense. So they're being prudent and careful, which they should be. Right. Unlike Oklahoma, that has 70% of their adults not vaccinated. And we're just opening everything up. 70%. I thought we had like 50% of the people vaccinated. That's the last number I heard. Nope. It's 40% have both vaccinations, and I can't remember what percentage. It was on this there. morning uh, on Channel 5's um, editorial. I don't watch the news in the morning. Yep. I only watch the news. And when if- Pennsylvania gets to 70% have been vaccinated, we're going to get rid of our mask mandate. And I think that's got to be coming pretty soon because people, I mean, most people in the state vaccinate. I mean, not here in my town but <laughs> but usually most places yeah 
Well, it seemed like we were doing really great there until we hit 40%, and then, then it we just got dropped. Stuck. Yeah, it just well, dropped. Well, everybody yeah. that was really keen, Because everyone that was gonna yeah, did it, right? Went, yeah. Got it right away, and then as soon as that those people ran out, the rest of the people were, like, flipping the bird and taking off their masks and being total well, jerks. Well, Oklahoma, but... Oklahoma City doesn't have a mask mandate anymore. No, nope, not expired anymore. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Our emotional support Canadian is so upset because oh, she yeah. did everything right, and now her her daughter just got diagnosed with COVID. Oh man! That so sucks. so now she's she quarantined with another two child. Chi- children in the same uh, room with and her, and she has COVID. And she feels awful. Yeah, but her kids are fine. Ugh. Like oh, they're man. asymptomatic. Yeah, They've, she's literally so been trapped in like one room with her son for a week. Like... Well, I kind of saw a little bit on Facebook of you guys talking, and I wondered if that's what it was. She got but... on the call last night, and she's oh been gosh. in one room with her four-year-old son for a week. For a week. She's oh. ready to and kill she's him. She's ill. She's got COVID, and he's in there with her because he's got he it. He was just jumping, and around. he's like, "Hey, mom! Hey, and... mom! Hey, mom! Hey, mom! Hey, mom! Hey, mom!" And she's like, I'm dying. Yeah. She goes, I got to go. And she hangs up. <laughs> oh, man. Because yeah. he kept saying, I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. That's rough. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because right? I'm sure that Ugh. he's bouncing off the walls. I mean, he he's is. four. Yeah. And he can't do yeah. anything. He can't go outside. No. He can't uh, do and anything. And now the daughter has been uh, tested positive as got, of like nine o'clock this morning. And she's got another daughter, too. So I don't know if that yeah. will eventually get it or. It'd almost be better if they all got it, and then they could just all be in the house together and not stuck in one room. You could be like, here, husband. You're here are these kids. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> so sad. We'll COVID Dude, sucks, guys. I wouldn't make it. I would not make it with little kids during COVID. Oh. I just wouldn't. Yeah. We love you, Sarah. Get better yes. soon. I mean, I remember what it was like being with a little kid during, like, ice storms when... Right, we were stuck inside and couldn't go anywhere, and school was canceled. And speaking of horrible Just things, Fonny, what did you read for us? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Megan! No, it's like, not, a, not horrible <laughs> books, but horrible depression things. Uh-huh. Megan, horrible subject. Yes. No, I like historical fiction. I like history. Look at her trying to cover it up. It doesn't sound like it, dude. Bonnie. <laughs> Speaking Bonnie of horrible things, Bonnie. <laughs> no. Why are you going to take it? Oh, goodbye. <laughs> Taking my just, criminal minds. <laughs> I know. I can't believe I don't get to color my dick now. God we dang it. We love you, Bonnie. <laughs> it's just a fact. Bonnie reads depressing books about horrible things. I love. I do. <laughs> I like horrible things, apparently, because that's what I read about. What you read about? I like it because it creates a reaction. I have to have that intenseness. Yes. This is why I can't watch intense TV shows. I have to watch something like Doctor Who that's cheesy and funny. Doctor Who jumps Doctor into Who is intense, intense halfway through David Tennant when he decides that's, that's that he's going to screw the rules. Very true. But that's when it gets good. Megan's still bitter, but, you know. Uh, no, I will never be bitter about David Tennant, ever. She's only bitter that Matt Smith took over David Tennant. No, I'm bitter that Peter Capaldi took over. Yeah, from Matt I didn't. Smith. I only watched. I still a haven't gotten episodes, over that episodes of his. But find him so much, he's like weird. Him. I didn't hate him. He just wasn't my Matt Smith and David Tennant are my favorite. Thirteen. I think it was too. harder for me to transition to a woman Doctor Who 
not because I didn't like the idea, but just because I was not at all used to a woman being a Doctor Who, you know? I I was okay with 13. But I like her a lot now. Yeah, I like her. I haven't seen, I only saw one episode because the TV, that's when the TV started, you know, going to all mm. of these separate channels and yeah. they took BBC off of my thing and yeah no well, if you have hbo max they're all on there i don't you know is um, it yeah i know i just learned that too vani buried the lead on that one she like held it on to herself so none of us could steal the bandwidth got rid of that channel <laughs> <laughs> mine's you tied to my have. mine's tied to my hulu so i'm good is it yeah hmm. might have to watch some doctor who tonight is i have it? to read first though where martha's gonna throw things at me you're right <laughs> read your books people it's supposed to be fun, not a chore. Also true. Speaking but, of fun, the oh. book I read this week. Does it, it have fun in it? No. No, I didn't think so. Okay. No. I was like, what? Okay. Well, it depends on what your version of fun is. If you are about, you know, prisoners that are exiled to an island. Well, yeah, then nice. it's fun for you. That potentially has fun in it. Yeah. It would be fun if I was exiled to an island. I mean. Perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> I guess I'll find out. Go ahead, Bonnie. <laughs> so my book is called The Exiles by Christina Baker Klein. And um, this is a book that I got off of my historical fiction fan page on Facebook because I love that page. And all I have to do is send me recommendations and I get so many great books. If anyone from that fan page listens to this podcast, I love you guys. So this is a book. It's historical fiction, but it is not about World War II. <gasps> what? It's not about any war. Two in a row that aren't I, about World War II? I know. I'm, I'm so proud. Did I do one last week that wasn't? About it was like Civil War Reconstruction. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but there was a war in there There somewhere. was a war in there. Somewhere. This one is about... It starts off, I should say, because it's not about this entirely, a woman, a young woman named Evangeline. And Evangeline kind of grew up a little bit different than other people in her class. She is lower class, but she is also the daughter of a vicar. So she's very educated. And because she was part of the church, she was kept away from, I'm just going to say the riffraff. She's very smart, smart, but not very street smart street smart because she didn't her father kept her sheltered from all of that life and when she gets older and gets a job she becomes a young governess that is hired by a noble family to teach the younger kids to read and write and math and you know all of that stuff um and she is seduced by the very older son of the family named Cecil and like they're they're in love and he's like you know I'm I want you with me always and he gives her this ruby ring and then he leaves he goes I can't remember where he goes but he goes somewhere like out of country he has to go he goes somewhere well one of the other servants who doesn't like Evangeline because he th she thinks she gets special treatment finds the ring in her room and tells her employer the woman of the house that it was stolen mm. so basically without even having much of a trial nothing to say in the matter nothing at all they send her to prison 
for stealing this ring oh. that wasn't really stolen. Oh, shit. Well, she's in prison for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and she's put on a repurposed slave ship and sent to Australia. Ah, where all the proper convicts go. Right, exactly. And there's another thing that's going on during this that she actually does not find out until the day that she's arrested is that she's pregnant. (gasps) Of course she is. Mm. Yes. So on this slave ship and in the prison, she kind of meets some other prisoners who she kind of, you know, befriends, and they have some a few things in common. So the story then becomes about Evangeline and a girl named Olive, I believe it is, who she met in the prison, and a girl named Hazel, who she means on the prison ship. And it's about their journey over to Australia and about being in prison, about being pregnant in prison, and all of these other things that happen to these three women prisoners. And also, this kind of has a little bit of a split story. And it's about a a native, an Australian um, native girl who both of her parents have died of influ- one of influenza, one I think of tuberculosis which I'm sure were diseases brought over from... I'm sure they were. ...from England. And so she's an orphan, and she is taken in by a rich family who basically uses her as part of their collection of native things. She's Mm. more like a prized pet that you teach tricks and bring out to show the guests but they're supposed to act as act a specific way so she's never really belonged i mean she was taken from her native island when she was very young so she doesn't even remember what it's like to be part of the tribe anymore and she's in this family where she's not really part of the family she's not really part of the culture she doesn't look like anybody else so she's very disconnected Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit about her story also and of course there's ways that both stories connect obviously because why have one without the other and yeah it it was a really good book it's it's brutal in parts um shona g if you read this you're gonna need a whole (laughs) box of tissues i'm just gonna tell you right now shona you've been warned i'm telling you i'm not even gonna say that there's places that you will cry i'm just gonna say get the tissues but yeah it was a really good book i liked it the writing was really well it was nice to read about australia i don't read a lot of historical fiction about australia i mean i always knew that that's where england sent their prison their prisoners but i never really read anything about that it was just something i learned and that's all the i learned in history class was that's how australia was populated that's why the the wine 29 crimes is 29 crimes because there were 29 crimes that got you sent to australia oh I didn't know that. 
Hmm. So you learn something new. And if you can, I heard Keith chuckle when I said proper convicts, uh, because that's an actual thing. Like if you're, if you're Australian and can prove that you were the ancestor of like, I I have a proper convict from England, you can carry a UK passport. Oh, wow. That's cool. That is the weirdest rule ever. I know, but it's a, it's like a pride. Like I remember when I met some, like my first group of Aussies I met, one of them being like, well, my ancestor's a proper convict, so I can have a UK passport. It's, mm-hmm. it's a thing and he did one of the 29 crimes. one of the 29 so yeah that's awesome yep hmm. i don't want to know what those 29 crimes i know were. me too you i'm gonna have to look Google that up it. Look in the, up. The, the the 29 crime bottles if you get the little app they talk and it tells you the story yeah, of the person really cool. on the cover of uh, the wine bottle it's really cool i wish i liked that wine better <laughs> it's not terrible wine i know it's it's an okay one i'm just not a big red one well, it's yeah. supposed to I taste like- convicty <laughs> right what does convicty wine taste like is that like, like tainted communion wine like what is that it's like exactly. a crime. is that like somebody that has really bad stinky feet stomp the grapes or what yeah it's like wine that's a crime baby <laughs> <laughs> there'll be no wine before it's crime yeah <laughs> maybe it's like supposed to taste like you made it in the toilet bowl like when no Chris people uh, like that uh, wine though if you like red wines you would that's good keith Mm-hmm. toilet wine is a thing in prison it is. so maybe yeah maybe there's the connection no, i don't think that's the connection. Uh, i, I think watch true crime too i was gonna Megan. say we better Whoop. stop if there was one criticism i would say about this book the only reason i would not give it a five star is that the um the little uh, native girl like she's big in the story and then it just kind of fizzles out you like never find out what happens to her it has mm-hmm. a little bit of what happens to her a little bit later in life but that's but that's it it's just like it's just like a pass you know in passing you find out like where she ended up but i wish there was a little bit more about her just because for the simple fact that it was very wrong i would imagine what happened to the natives in australia because of what happened to the natives here yes how they were pushed out of their it's very similar and uh forced into christianity and told that their ways were wrong and so on and so forth yada yada mm. but yeah i wish there was a little bit more about that but um her story just kind of ends but yeah it was a really good book i read this in like two and a half days I, it was one that i did not want to put down because i wanted to find out what happened wow i, I mean it was it was very intense yeah and like i said in parts it's sad and uh trigger warnings i mean they're on a prison ship full of sailors so you can imagine there's some untowardly conduct going on yes they don't go into too much detail about it but you know what's happening by what how that it's written yeah thank you to my historical fiction people who recommended it to me What's the name of your the group that you're a fi- the Facebook group that you're a part of? It's just historical fiction. That's the name of it. Historical fiction. We're not very. Listen, we're not a very um, imaginative bunch. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> of course, my science fiction one is the science fiction book club, though. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that was. I'm gonna tell you, the smutty people have way cooler names than you guys as Facebook hmm. groups. Yeah. Bonnie, there's several you could join. Yeah, I know there's a lot on there. I don't want to get into too many of them or else 
You, uh, this is this was terrible plan, Bonnie. Why did you tell me to look at these things? <sighs> They're awesome. I listen. You and gotta I'm find here... your you gotta find your tribe, and sometimes seriously. Well, you know... let me give my my author oh, yeah. real oh, sorry, quick. Sorry. That again was <laughs> the Exiles by Christina Baker Klein, and well job. Well done. Good job. Well job. Well job. Good done. done. (laughs) But let me tell you, because especially when you read as many books as like we read, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes you run out of stuff to read. There's nothing in at the library or everything's on hold. And you're like, oh, my God, I need to read a book for this week. And I'm completely out. All, All you have to do is just send a message and people like send their favorite books to you and you can look at them. And now I have like five books on hold that's how i have been finding my super super weird science fiction stuff that i've been reading i love it it's great yeah it's great great. i just put in my request to join the i like ya books and i cannot lie yeah carolina and i are on a couple of smutty book groups on facebook and she's always tagging me for books and she's like kate we should read this one i know i've already got like a list of 50 of them okay rach what do you got anything good um Good, yes. Uplifting, no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'll bring the room. Um, this book actually was written by one of my favorite authors from last year. One of the books I read. This week I read The Familiar Dark by Amy Engel, who also wrote The Roanoke Girls. Mm. And this book is set in kind of the Missouri Ozarks in a poor town right um and our main character eve it she grew up she and her older brother grew up with a single mom in a trailer mom was abusive pretty much in any way you can think of except sexually um and um had drug and alcohol problems men in and out of the house just really really not good um so to say there's trigger warnings in this book i mean they're all there you learn a little bit about eve's past but you also learn that she has a 12 year old daughter named june and june has a best friend and june's parents are at least in that town a little more well off meaning they don't have a lot but they have more than even june do right Well, Eve is getting off at her shift at the diner, but her brother, who's become a police officer in in town and her is her best friend and closest confidant, he comes in to meet her as she's getting off shift and um, tells her that both her daughter and her best friend have been murdered. And yeah, and it's it's pretty gruesome, like throat slit murder, these 12 year old little girls. So. Eve has a lot of issue with local law enforcement and other things like that. And there's a lot of intricacies with this because it's very much kind of like a, it's very dark, but also sort of that small town, weird politics of things that go on with that. So, but essentially Eve wants to find out what happened and who did this. And the one person that she feels like she can at least, that she has to go to to at least start is the person she least wants to go to and that's her mother so there's just a lot of stuff in this book you know with self-exploration trying to escape a past but trying to deal with this tragedy if you're looking for warm and fuzzies this book is not it um 
This book was really good though. I would have to say at this point with Roanoke Girls last year and this book this year, a lot of what Amy Engel writes, I'm down for. So I hope she starts cranking them out. <laughs> so uh, Rachel but, wants to get around speed dial. She can say, what are you doing? Are you writing? Cause if not, yeah, you need want, to be writing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be Amy's best friend. And uh, <laughs> it, it has of course, twists and turns and a lot of darkness to it. it I would say if you like, any type of book like that it's straight and to the point it kept my attention really really well which for me is a huge thing I don't like a slow burn I want the book to keep pushing forward and going um I gave it four and a half stars out of five loved it so I would highly recommend it and again that was The Familiar Dark by Amy Engel Keith nice would you like to keep keep us moving right along do you have something a little more uplifting yeah, I'll bring the room up a little bit because, you know, that's what I do when you guys try and bring us all down. I read The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Everybody knows I really like her books. And this one uh, is her newest one. And it was, it's just a really light, well-written romance. This one was really interesting because like, it's a romance about DNA compatibility. It was very interesting. The main character is, uh, her name is Jess, and she's a freelance statistician. So she just does stats and numbers for like big companies and stuff, and she does it on her own. So she freelances out to different companies. And every day, because she's a freelancer, every day she can have coffee at the same place at the same time. And this guy keeps coming in at the same time every day as well. And uh, they call him Mr. Americano because that's always his order. And one day they they kind of meet him and find out his name and they find out that he has co co-developed this this DNA compatibility testing and he's got a startup company and they've done a whole bunch of genetic matches and stuff and uh, and it's exactly what it sounds like you know you spit in the cup and you send it off for DNA matching and they've got some couples like they have one couple who's been married for like 40 years or something and i think they're like a 91 percent compatibility which is amazing i basically they say a match is like anything from i think 40 percent up so i mean 90 percent is crazy amazing well somehow she just isn't real into it and she's a single mom like dating is the last thing on her mind but she goes and she gets tested with her best friend. And it turns out that Mr. Americano, his name is uh, Dr. River Pena. He and she match at a 98%. And it's this huge deal throughout the company because they've never gotten anything that high. So then they start doing all this promotional stuff and they basically pay her money to date him like just as like a lark so that they can get all this publicity out for their company. So, and (laughs) Martha's got the look, but I'll tell you what, there is so much mathity math goodness in this book. Like they really go into like, she's doing stats in her mind and they talk a lot about genetics. And so, I mean, for a lighthearted romance, there's a lot of science in this book. Sometimes I was like, 
I'm like asking my college kid, I'm like, what the heck does this mean? <laughs> but um, it was a really nice little romance. I mean, obviously there's, there's missteps along the way, but the fake dating turns into real dating romantic trope. So that's what this book is. But yeah, it was it was a very nice palate cleanser. Christina Lauren's a really good writer. So even, you know, even with something like this, she just knocks it out of the park. And uh, that was called The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. That book sounds an awful lot like, do you remember I read that book called The One? Yes, yeah. I thought that the mm-hmm. whole time I was reading it. They've got a Netflix series now. The one. I saw that. I want to start right. It was actually really that. good. I watched really? it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good, Keith. Actually, it yeah. does. Okay, Megan. All right. So Martha is going to have so many eye rolls that I wish we could video them <laughs> because oh. it's going to be great. Today I was online shopping and I almost bought this shirt that would be perfect for Martha. It says mentally I'm rolling my eyes at you. Yes. This is what's about <laughs> to happen. That's what she needs. <laughs> yes. I am mentally eye rolling at you right now. Um, so I actually heard about this book on hey ya the podcast that literally just talks about ya books that i can't listen to because my tbr gets too big and i have to focus because i get like all the way through the episode i'll be like shit i didn't write any of those down um but this was (laughs) one and this book is the reason i had to stop when i couldn't focus um because it sounded amazing and the okay so the title and author uh, the title of this book is Grace and the Fever by Zan Romanoff. Grace and the Fever. Yes. Just Sorry. like that. Sounds like a band. It is. <laughs> sort of. Um, so what caught my ear as I was walking around listening to this podcast, doing some some work, um, they had the author on and she said that she dedicated this book to my favorite people on the planet, Isaac Taylor and Zach Hansen, at which point I was like, I need to go get this book right now. Like, stop everything I'm doing and go order this. Uh, Because I was like, if she's dedicated it to Hansen, there's probably a good chance that this is going to be some kind of like teeny bopper awesomeness. And I was correct. So I kind of went in thinking it might be a story that would some, that the main characters could somehow relate to Hansen. It's like design-wise, like character development-wise. But... She's just a Hanson fan. And it actually is more of like a One Direction band. Oh, really? Um, And the band is called Fever Dream. And Grace is our main character. And they're in high school now. And like Fever Dream was like the band in middle school for them. Mm -hmm. So very, and it's, it's a, true boy band very one direction and i didn't really realize that till i got to the end very new kids on the block for us older yes folks. for you old yeah, yeah for the older generations uh nsync backstreet bts whatever pick one throw a dart at the board um so now they're in high school and she is still like a diehard fever dream fan she is in all the facebook groups she actually has like a tumblr page blog situation but no one knows that the tumblr page is her So she has like two separate kind of lives. Like she has her, here's me being quote unquote normal and not being a fangirl, but like, she's a kind of a big deal in the fever dream fandom. They just don't know her real identity. Ah. And so one of her best friends, one of her online best friends is also like a big deal in the fandom and they are best friends because they share information back and forth. 
And in true, I don't want to call it fanfic because it's not a fanfic, but kind of in true fanfic style, within the first 20 pages, she, of course, magically runs in to Jess, the lead singer of Fever Dream. Oh, God, you're right. I am. I just can't help it. (laughs) So she goes outside. She can't sleep one night. So she goes outside and is walking down like her cul-de-sac and there's a car parked at the end and like she's like what the hell is this dude doing it's middle of the night and she gets up to him and is like holy shit what is he doing (laughs) sitting in his car at the end of my street and they're talking and he's kind of like trying to kind of hide under a hat and stuff and she's like dude i know who you are and then all of a sudden like a camera shows up and starts taking pictures and she's like they kind of go their own way or whatever um and of course the next morning those lovely paparazzi pictures are everywhere and everyone wants to know who she is because in true paparazzi style, right? They're spinning this story of like, he was visiting like his old best friend. Are they together? Aren't they together? Like trying to make something out of literally nothing, which is so true of paparazzi stories. And she finds herself like sucked into their world. Like their PR people are like, we have to do something. So we're just going to bring her into the fold. Mm hmm. And so none of her real life friends know she's still a Fever Dream fan, but she can't tell her online Fever Dream fan friends that she's the mystery girl in the pictures. Oh. So it's getting very complicated for her very quickly. But wouldn't the people who knew her in real life know that it was her in the picture? Yeah. Though? Yes. Oh, okay. But right. they don't know that she has this blog. So oh, they wouldn't gotcha. be able to like connect the dots for anybody. Okay. So they, she gets like sucked in. He has um, a girlfriend. There's several, there's several other relationships happening in the band. There's all these, there's big fan theories that two members of the band are in a relationship together. I can't remember what their like name was, but it would be the equivalent for our One Direction people. Uh, it would be the equivalent of, of Larry. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, just Google One Direction and Larry and you'll get it. So she's thrown in and they are, she's kind of realizing that everything is not what she thinks it is. Because they've been being fed this information through the management team. Mm -hmm. So she's getting like a peek behind the curtain and like isn't really handling her chill very well. Because she's trying to, in her brain, in fan mode, still trying to prove that the two people in the band are in a relationship, right? So she's like watching them like a hawk because she's like, I'm going to prove this shit right here, right now. And she ends up becoming good friends with Jess and just the kind of gives you this other perspective of what it is like, could be like for these, these big boy bands who the, everything that they do and everything you see of them is given to you by management. Like it goes through a filter before it gets to you and that the stories and the, the fan theories are all just based on it, what they were want to want you to see. Right. So it was very interesting. They create their own reality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she gets to see the other reality and like realizes one of them's like a raging alcoholic and the other one is this and that. And there's all this tension underneath <sighs> that the fans don't really see. And so it was really interesting. It was a lot of fun uh, to read it and kind of live in my little fandom world for a while. <laughs> um, and there's, there's some twists, there's some turns, there's romance, of course. And 
when the in the author acknowledgments at the end she literally apologizes to like one direction she's like zane louis harry liam and niall i'm sorry <laughs> because their characters are kind of based off of one direction it was a lot of fun if you are a fangirl of any band you would probably really enjoy this book and then it makes you question everything because you're like what got out there that was so, like it it was kind of interesting to to think about what would happen if you all of a sudden were in the inner circle of your favorite band? Yeah. What would the truths be that are in front of you versus the reality of the version of that person that you've created for 15 plus years in your head? Sometimes it's a letdown. It can I mean, be. It definitely can be. I mean, you your favorite character who you just love because they're this awesome person then you meet him in real life and they're just a big huge dick yeah. sort yeah. of like me when so. i first met barry manilow sort of kind of yeah yeah, yeah. so Aww, like, barry manilow's a dick well he was a he, i got to introduce him at the show and i was like his hugest fan um and he basically refused to not only refused to meet me but refused to even be seen in between his dressing room and the stage, they made a tunnel out of curtains for him to walk down. Oh, God. Dear God. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Paranoid much? Well, I think he's just an extreme introvert. Yeah. At the time, I was pretty pissed. Yeah, because you built up, like, this version of him. and Right. And really, they're just they're just people. Yeah. They have the same quirks yeah, that everybody else does. Yeah, I mean, I would want to meet with a bunch of strangers. I yeah. Exactly. Or have people no, like... they're not just people. They're better. <laughs> They're, they're godly. <laughs> no, but I always kind of secretly knew he was gay too, but it didn't keep me from fantasizing about him anyway. Fair enough. But yeah, it was an interesting look into what would happen if you got sucked into this. And there's like all kinds of like schemes with her and the paparazzi and like all this stuff that you're like, that would suck. Like you literally just walked out the door of your own damn house and he happened to be out there and you got sucked into this train wreck that's going on around him. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was a fun read. I enjoyed it. I like it more now that I've been sucked into one direction TikTok because I can now look back on it and be like, that's what she was talking about. Like that's what the reference was. Mm -hmm. So that was (laughs) a lot of fun. I recommend it if you're a fangirl and that was grace in the fever by Zan. Romanoff, and I hope I'm saying your name correctly. It's Z-A-N, so I think it's Zan. Have you ever watched Notting Hill? Of yes, course. that's what I was thinking of the whole that's time. What, the yeah, beginning. that's what it made yeah. me think how. Yes, you know, very similar. Yes. He meets this huge movie star and then finds out that she's just a normal a person. A normal person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of secrets that, of course, the fans don't know about, but when, now that she's on the inside, she kind of yeah. learns some things mm-hmm. and she kind of goes, wait, what the hell? I'm what? Like she kind of has an existential crisis about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it w- it's, it would be awesome. Also awful all at the same time. I think that's just me. Awesome. I told you Martha would eye roll because yeah, I've got a major <laughs> headache now from my uh, eyeballs. The whites of my eyes showing for a 15 whole minute. You know, you should be proud of me because I finished that book March 26th and just reviewed it. So you Ugh. got two whole, like a she month and a half. In her back pocket. And to be fair, she thought you weren't going to be on this. That's true. That's she true. She saved it for a time that she thought that you were going to be gone. That was nice. It just worked out that you were not. Ugh. That's true. That's true. Thanks, Megan. And you know, I tried to give you something to distract you with an adult. <laughs> I did. I did give you a book of penis. I did use my adult coloring book for the por- a portion of of that review. <laughs> Full disclosure. 
It's not. It's nothing against you, my my awesome author friend. Martha just hates everything I read. Martina. Martha just hates everything. She's a bitch. But she doesn't like mine either. If it makes you feel That's any better, true. Mine makes you feel too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like the weird oh, shit. You would be bored without my fandomness. In You're your right. Life. I would be, be totally bored. <laughs> are we ready? Very are One we... Direction. Oh! <laughs> God, that was the cheesiest fucking thing ever. All right. Okay. Are we ready to go to Weird Town? Uh, yep. Weird Town. We were sort of already there in my oh, book, this is, but not nope, quite. Nope, not even. Okay, so I am going to review a book called Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Kazuo Ishiguro. I probably said that wrong, so I apologize. It's one of those books that has a a very cultural feel. I read a couple of other books by the same author, and I felt kind of the same way based on the cultural-type mood of the book. I, I don't know how else to explain it. it. It just felt choppy to me. But I know that it's just the style of this particular author. Um, and it doesn't seem to bother anybody else. So, But the reason I'm reviewing it is because I did like the book. And the major reason is because it was so incredibly thought-provoking. After I finished reading it, it stuck with me for days I kept thinking about it. Clara is, the, is the, the main character of this book, and she is what they call an AF, an artificial friend. And it starts out and she's in this shop window. You can tell that she is a solar-powered thing. She needs the sun in order to charge. But it's interesting to hear the point of view of someone or something which is seeing the world in a completely different way than we do. And standing there in this shop waiting for some, someone to choose her, waiting to have a connection with some child that she can be with, because that's what she's trained to do. That's who she is. That's what she was built for. And the longing that she feels. This is just really an interesting look at what it would be like to be a machine at least that's what I got out of it anyway so she she makes a connection with this girl and then the girl goes away and doesn't come back for a while and there were a couple of times where other kids would come into the shop and she sort of sabotaged the sale because she was kind of feeling a connection with this previous person that had come in and she ends up you know, three weeks later, she's gets moved further and further back in the store away from the window. And you, you kind of wonder if she's going to even get chosen. And then three weeks later, the girl comes back and takes her home. Well, the girl that is her friend or her owner or whatever you want to call it is a very sickly, she's a very sickly child. But the thing that's interesting about the robot is, or artificial friend, is one day when she's in the window, she sees this, oh, I'll call him a vagrant, a vagrant and his dog. She sees him out there and he's like immobile for an entire day. And she thinks that he just hasn't had enough sun. 
no, I don't think charging. so. So so she 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 gives she gives the sun this magical power because it has power for her. And she sees this vagrant laying there and he's not moving for this extended period of time. And then when the sun comes out the next day, he gets up and he's fine. So it's like she gives this mystical, magical power to the sun. And then so she starts to sort of make connections in her brain where maybe her friend just needs more sunlight. And that if she could just get rid of the pollution, then her son would then her her friend would get better because she would be able to get more sun. So she makes these connections that if she gets rid of these machines that are putting out of all this pollution, that she could solve this problem for her friend. So it's just a really interesting way to see the world through the eyes of this artificial being. And it's a way deeper reaction than I expected to get. But it kind of reminds me of the Velveteen Rabbit meets iRobot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just really a strange book. I And probably three quarters of the way through reading it, I was annoyed and bored a little. <laughs> and then it just sort of grew on me that entire time. And the longer I read it, the deeper I got into it. And then when I finished it, I actually sat with it a couple of days before I really started to, like, all of these feelings were wrapping around and I was it became more and more profound to me so the profound thing that I got out of the book was not what I expected and that's why I think it's a good book and I think it would be a good book for discussion for those reasons you could almost apply it to the simplistic way in which some religions approach life and to give extra meaning to things that you maybe don't understand 100%. And the way those sort of legends grow over time, you could kind of see it happening. Like if you had generations of robots that were passing along this information, you could kind of see how it would work. And that's one of the reasons that in the end, I chose to review this book is because it was just so, I don't know, it just gave you that thought provoking reaction. And that was called Clara and the Sun by... Kazuo Ishiguro. I think it'd make a fantastic movie. I think that that it would be easier to put forward the subject matter and to let people to use pictures in order Visual. to Yes, I think it would be very good visually. There have been several authors that I've felt that way about. There was another book called The Memory Police, which I read that was a highly acclaimed novel that I just had a very hard time with because there were some cultural differences. It was harder for me to make sense of it because of the way it was presented. And I'm thinking that like this one falls into that category a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, now that I brought the room really down. I know, right? <laughs> All of our energy yeah, I bought that gone. book two, month, two weeks ago. I've been waiting to read it. I'm glad you reviewed it. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it sounds interesting. It was, I don't think it would be a bad read. It wasn't a bad read at all. And if you're able to go into it with that philosophical attitude, I think that if I had gone into it that way, that I would have seen all of those things right away and it would have changed the way I felt about the book while I was reading it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I didn't really know that much about it when I went in made me go, oh, is anything ever really <laughs> going to happen here? You know, type of reaction right mm-hmm. well i have something interesting yeah uh, 
one of the books that I'm going to start reading this week, I was just reading the back of it again because it's been on my shelf, but I remember distinctly picking it up and thinking that sounds really interesting. Well, it was written in 1946 Whoa. by a man named Pat Frank. And um, I was reading the back of it and it, it says on the back, it remains an artifact of classic science fiction. I didn't know that it was classified as that. Um, so I'm excited to read it and review it because I think, I think you might be interested. What's it called? It's, no, we're not telling you. <laughs> it's called Mr. Adam. It's called The Lost Classic from the Dawn of the Atomic Age. Dear wow. Lord. That's a title. That does sound like Martha. It does. It does. I'm super excited to read it. I Like I said, I distinctly remember when I picked it up, um, gosh, I think probably a few years ago at Barnes & Noble because it just sounded so interesting. So I'm going to mark that I will make sure to review it on a podcast that you are on, so, which yeah. is all of them. <laughs> which is, I was going to say. Once we never give her a break. Once Bonnie learns how to edit, I'll yeah. eventually. I got to get a real computer to do that. Scamper away for my vacations and let you girls run the show. It, you know, it's funny when we have the idea in our minds for the way a show is going to go and, and a wrench gets thrown in it. It really messes everything up. Yeah, we were not on this. We were not on this course when we sat no. down in this chairs no, no. today. We, we changed courses fast. We, we expected to have a guest and the guest did not show. And it was just really an odd feeling because that's not what we expected to happen. But this is how adaptable we are. We still pivot. 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 Yes. You still had a podcast. We didn't just pack it up and go home for the week. That's right. That's it. We're done. No podcast. We'll see ya. <laughs> we could just have like a two minute recording. Well, okay. Gee, that was fun. That's it. Penises, 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 the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's usually how our podcasts I go, you were anyways. Do the varsity blues story. <laughs> remember that? that scene from Varsity Blues with the teacher? Penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. <laughs> Say it with me. Big letter, call that. Why did I not know about this? I totally missed the it. The only line I remember from Varsity Blues is James Vanderbeek's, You do not know my life. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that show. So it's not nearly as it. fun as the penis one, though. It was a movie. It was a movie. It was like a high school. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, not the series, not the series, but the movie. The I, series came after the movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that. Good clueless. If it had anything to do with sports, that's why I didn't watch um, it. I only yeah, watched it, it like because of Texas football. High that's school why movie. I didn't watch. Yeah. It. I only watched it because of James Vanderbeek because this was the height of James Vanderbeek. Now, see, I, I watched the series because of Kyle Chandler. I think he is a. If there's Beauty. ever an ugly person on a show, <gasps> Megan, yeah. it'll be like the most acclaimed show, and Megan will be like, I'm out. No, I just really always, like, I grew up watching <laughs> Dawson's Creek. So, like, it was only, like, I was, yeah. like, it came Megan's out of the like, same uh, era. This is British TV. I'm not watching I that I love shit. British you TV. You want to hear something really funny? As when, long as the guys are hot. It's not fine. true. When I was working part-time at Little Caesars, <laughs> there was a kid that worked there with me in the back line looked just like that guy. 
Like James Vanderbeek? Yeah, like the Dawson Creek kid. I mean, and I you, told him that the first time I, I saw him. I'm like, you look just like that Dawson Creek kid. He's like, uh, thanks. Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is he was... <laughs> He's probably like, this old chick is flirting with me. I'm like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> A celebrity could probably come up on the street and I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Who are you? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Who the hell do you think really, you are? I got really annoyed this past week when it was like, oh, Adam Sandler had to IHOP wait at an IHOP. And I love the comments of like, he's not fucking special. I need pancakes too. No, <laughs> I do agree with that. No, you, yeah, if you, you don't get to cut the line. No. He didn't even care. He was just like, oh, I can't wait that long. So he just left. Yeah. Like he didn't say Like he wasn't like, I'm home. Adam Sandler. I want pancakes now, bitch. Like he was right. just like, okay, I don't have time. Bye. Is that what now happened? Now IHOP's like reaching out to make it up to him and he's like, it's really fine. Like, oh not my a big God. Deal. Well, I mean, to be fair, like as a person, I've gone in somewhere and there's been like a 45 say, minute yeah, wait yeah. and I'm like well alright well I, I don't do have that much time, time and yeah we... I'm sure he didn't say it with like I'm Adam Sandler I don't got time for your shit like I'm sure he was just like I don't have time am... just, like, the hostess had no idea who he was yeah. and then somebody oh, was like was that Adam Sandler and she was like oh shit that was a famous person mm-hmm. see I always feel awkward for famous people which is one of the reasons that I would never speak yeah, to I a famous person unless they spoke to me first because right. I always almost feel like you know, how awful would it be to just be out? You gotta right. run, you gotta run out for a gallon of milk yeah. and, you, yeah. and you head out <laughs> for a gallon of milk and your hair's a little wonky on one side and you maybe have mascara smeared on your face and, and somebody's like, Can I have a picture with you? Like and in, you're in like, your face. Fuck off, yeah, man. I just no. came out for milk. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be shopping at Target. Leave me the yeah. fuck right. <laughs> so I always feel awkward for them and I feel awkward for the people that are trying to approach them. It's never as it's slick just, as people think they no, are. <laughs> it's no. always... It's, it's, it only happens that way uh, in books. I yes. feel embarrassed for people who, who are, like, trying to be all, you know, what? Well, I, Vani, I, oh, I know Vani and I are, are like this. I'm a regular person. And even, like, when I'm out at the store and somebody I know sees me, it's like, hey, how are you doing? Secretly, I'm like... I just want to get my shit and go home. <laughs> That's true, though. That's true. But totally, think about it. If it was a book girl that came up to me and wanted to talk about books, I'd be totally into it. Yeah. Yes. But on a level of a book girl to a book girl, not because I'm on a podcast. Right. Well, I'd probably be like, can we leave this like Target and go somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, let's go to a bookshop like... and have a coffee yeah. or something so we can talk <laughs> about books. books. I don't want to have a conversation in the middle. I, I'd of probably Walmart. be like, I think Martha's in the next aisle over. <laughs> Let me get her for you. <laughs> Rachel, I saw a shirt. T- I did a l- online shopping this morning before I came. I saw a shirt that was perfect for us. It said, if you can read this, you're standing too close. <laughs> I almost bought it. It was in my car and I had like $400 worth of shit. Jesus. <laughs> so I, I had to put stuff back. You need to show them the shirt. Bonnie, what did your sister text you in the middle that you two were cackling over there? Oh about? my God. <gasps> about how my sister's mind is even dirtier than mine. It's just like a little like meme. It says, doctor, Seasonal depression can be cured with vitamin D. Me. Kind of hard to get dick during a pandemic, doc. Doctor, the real vitamin. (laughs) I need me some vitamin D over here, honey. 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 
You would not believe the crap that my sister sends me. The whole uh, dick coloring book ideas came from her. Oh my god! Yay! Yep. Thanks, Vanessa. I just realized you plugged your gnome nightlight in. I did. That's hilarious. Now we're officially swinging in this place. (laughs) Yeah, I got gnomes all over the fucking place of this house. Um, Somebody on TikTok was talking about pineapples being swinger things, and she's like, I got fucking pineapples all over my house. Like, she was going around taking pineapples. Every family in South Carolina is like a swinger then. Well, yeah. It's it's the state freaking fruit. Right. And it truly, it's the old symbol for welcome, but welcome swingers fucking swingers take everything good from us the hell gnomes pineapples blue rocks you name it my freaking amish stars oh yeah that's right i feel like they they can't all be symbols of that like pineapples and gnomes are both very in vogue right now like they can't you can't claim those as one particular thing everyone has like pineapple saying, everyone that wears skinny jeans is a swinger oh right. that's all you can find at the store my bad yeah like you all have to swing now i could have literally i could have bought you a gnome for every holiday that's been in. i know but if you think about it that's really kind of a a cop-out for the people who are awkward swingers seriously you're giving me signals man you got gnomes everywhere that's like that's probably seriously, the place- you've got pineapples everywhere you're giving me signals that's swinger hazing. That's what they tell the newbies. They're like, oh, by the way, if you want us to find a swinger, just go to the places where gnomes are. And then they go to some poor, unsuspecting person's house. And then they're like, um, yeah, somebody told you a lie. And then they come back and the swingers all laugh. That would be hilarious. Like, ha, ha, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I thought my beams would support it, I might invest in a swing. That looks interesting. It does. Oh. The swing. See, I never thought about the actual swing, the mechanism. Is that yeah. the reason they're called swingers? No, they swing both ways. They go both ways. They're swingers. Well, I don't think it's really well, they go not. both ways. I think they swing from one swing one from one to, to the, the other. other. One partner what? to the other is what swinging. Yeah. I think that. I honestly don't know. But the whole the whole mechanism. But the whole sex swing thing. I don't know about that. I don't know them. if I just want to like be hanging there with my my legs wide open, letting you wouldn't be able to. You move. know what worries me about the idea of a swing. I'm just thinking about all of the orthopedic issues that would arise from the aftermath of such an exercise. I- I'm thinking I might Think need some, might some uh, physical therapy after that. Maybe it's just not yeah. it's just not an activity for the old. <laughs> did you, you offended Megan? Did you just call me? Oh, I'm just saying that certain positions are more difficult when you're past the age 45. That was me laughing. She just called me. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Anti-ageite. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.